uh, you guys should know really quick that I, Megan and I joined an actual book club. What? And uh, two out of two weeks, I have been the most upset about the book. <laughs> You're like a professional like upsetter. I am. I some people take like classes. Uh, I take umbrage. <laughs> Went to umbrage <laughs> university classes. Yep. Yeah. Majored in dislike. <laughs> minored in disdain. <laughs> Good morning, Mitsus and Mitresses. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a good podcast about bad books, movies, and television. This week, it is episode 102. We have now done as many episodes as the number of Dalmatians Walt Disney had when it proved that a change of just 1% in Dalmatian population can make a movie much worse. <laughs> Speaking of ill-conceived sequels, this week we're talking about Transformers 3, Dark of the Moon, directed by Michael Bay. This week's episode is sponsored by audiblepodcast.com slash weep. If you go to that address, sign up for a trial membership of their book a month club. You get a free audiobook and you support our show. And you get to keep both of those things, the audiobook and the support of our show, even if you cancel your subscription. So definitely try that out if you haven't yet. If you have a topic that you want us to talk about, a book, a movie, a television show, a video game, anything, you can suggest a topic by going to read-weep.com slash suggest. I am the host of the show. My name is Alex Falcone. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex underscore Falcone. My Twitter account is sort of like a small wall in China in the 5th century BC. It's destined for greatness. Oh. <laughs> it's just All a right. cute little wall now. <laughs> it's going to be great later. I'm not sure that's how walls work, Alex. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they start small and then they, they strive. I think that's that's how you construct a wall. I think that was a different wall entirely. <laughs> yeah. First of several. Or a series of small walls that strove together. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I have a very special panel with me today. First up, he's saved the world twice. Now all he wants is a job where his wisecracking bullshit can be appreciated for what it is in Northern California. It's Ezra Fox. Alex, have I ever told you that you look like an Asian Colonel Sanders? Twice. <laughs> Good for me, then. <laughs> Hire me. That never goes over badly. Yeah. Racial jokes, right? Yeah. <laughs> Why do I not have three jobs already? <laughs> Also joining us today, he's got a British accent, a great ass, and is here to keep this movie from just being a bumblefuck of testosterone. In Seattle, Washington, it's Chris Smith. Why can't you just realize that this Mercedes-Benz and my push-up bra are just work perks? <laughs> he gave you a custom bra for your as a work perk. Yeah, you know, I traded to him in blowjobs. It's fine. <laughs> don't, don't sell yourself short. You actually saved, I think, the whole world for humanity by deploying the great earthling power of jealousy at just the right moment. Ooh, that's true. <laughs> Things are going badly until the girl, only female character brought jealousy into play. I Lady Macbeth the fuck out of that Megatron character. <laughs> <laughs> also, Jonas, we have a very special guest today. Uh, his planet got destroyed by an army of giant toys, and now he's living on Earth undercover as a semi-truck. In Syracuse, it's Andrew Johnson. Let's roll out. <laughs> Your trailer's missing. But what what about your trailer? <laughs> I don't know if you need that part or not. <laughs> no obvious physical difference. When was that just like his penis or or what? No, it was. It's his weapons rack, essentially. He just, right. Yeah. So his penis. And that's where he gets his jetpack. <laughs> yeah. In all truth, Andrew is the host of Movie Chatter, a great podcast about movies, which you can find on randomchatter.com. So I'm guessing 
this is the most film knowledge we've ever had on one show. Is that fair? Oh, really? Yeah. I, I'm <laughs> you're, uh, you're getting your master's. Is it in film? It is in arts journalism with, uh, with focusing on film and specializing in film criticism. So, yeah, I, I guess you could say so. You are the closest thing to an expert we've ever gotten. Well, yeah. I, I actually do write film criticism and occasionally get paid to do so. So Nice. Well, this is not one of those days. <laughs> <laughs> The, the way we like to do the show, first of all, we have to start out with a summary because we've already joked about the movie and you haven't seen it, hopefully. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to have Chris summarize. He's our resident summarizer for his freakish recall and his dulcet tones. Chris, today, I would like you to summarize the show in the style of a kid who just got Transformers 3 for Christmas. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't believe it. Santa brought me the DVD. Oh, my God. It's Blu-ray. Yeah. Okay. So here's what happens in the movie. This is my favorite movie. In the great Cybertron war between the Decepticons who desire tyranny and the Autobots who fight for freedom, there's this ship and there's good guys on the ship and they escape the war. And they have this technology that they they, they crash land on the moon. And that's the moon and that's the actual space race that you did with the astronauts and the rockets. They just want to go get the ship. Anyway, so in the crash ship, Leonard Nimoy, the guy who played Spock, he plays this guy named Sentinel Prime. And he has the special technology but he's way too injured he's like really upset and injured so he just stops and he sleeps and he's sleeping and then the good guys are the ones who go to the moon go get the technology and they they bring back sentinel prime and that's like optimus and bumblebee and all the race cars and it's good anyway so leonard nimoy says um you know what Screw it. I'm going to be a bad guy now. Okay, so he uh, decides to use the space bridge technology to bring the machine planet close to Earth where they're going to use the humans as a slave race to, to rebuild the, the, the planet. Anyway, but the Autobots are like, no, 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 no. And then they start fighting. And there's a lot of fighting. And oh yeah, um, and Megatron, the bad dude from from the previous movies, uh, is still really injured, but he gets jealous of uh, Sentinel Prime, and he tries to kill Optimus, and then Leonard Nimoy uh, gets killed, and then Megatron gets killed, and good guys win. Yeah, good movie. <laughs> oh yeah, and Shia LaBeouf is still trying to help stuff and date hot chicks, uh, like Rosie Huntington Wintley, who is British and works for Patrick Dempsey, who turned out to be helping the Decepticons <laughs> the whole time. I feel like you just went through puberty three quarters of the way through that summary. <laughs> you definitely grew up during this long, long movie. Yeah. <laughs> this movie was two and a half hours long. Wow. It really was. And you, your voice, like literally your voice dropped when you started talking about the chick. <laughs> yeah? I'm no longer, I'm no longer interested what? in the DVD because of the toys. Now I really like it because of that British girl who's in her underwear for no reason at the beginning of the movie. Because of the other plastic things in the movie. Oh. <laughs> All right. I think that was probably as well summarized as is humanly possible. So now that you understand as much of the plot as anyone who's ever seen it, we're going to go into the compliment sandwich. We like to start and end every show with a compliment. That way it seems like we're fair and legitimate criticism instead of just uh, mean, funny people. So, Andrew, as the guest, you have the right to go first or last in the opening compliment. Which do you prefer? Um, you know what? I'm going to go last. I, I want to hear what you guys have to say about this movie. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Ezra, I would like you to start today then. I'm just looking over my notes, and most of it's just, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> I definitely have that many times in my notes, although when I transcribed them, uh, I didn't include it every time. I just started putting tallies next to it. Yeah. Okay. This is for the battle damage mode that Patrick Dempsey has. After uh, getting shot at, he just has holes, like bullet holes, in his clothes. Yeah. <laughs> like a modern-day George Washington. <laughs> they just they just shot, shot like you know like strategic places you know around 
to sort of ruffle them up. Actually, that's the thing. Like, it probably if you take a, took a drink, it would have been like the orange juice like leaking out kind of thing. Yeah, well, I think that's a superpower that all evil billionaires have is yes. they cannot be killed by earthly weapons. I mean, there were there were plenty of people who were not that damaged by damage. I, I was really expecting the end of the movie just to be like thirty humans walking around covered in little tiny glass cuts. Yeah. And, and no worse for the wear after falling through several stories of broken glass. <laughs> several buildings of broken glass. <laughs> <laughs> Having the better part of a, of a tower fall on them. And then just they're like sliding down glass. They're falling through wind. And then at the end, they're just like one cut above the eyebrow looking all badass. I mean, it's sort of the thing. If you don't realize that those things should hurt you, you won't get hurt. Oh, like it's the uh, Wiley Coyote effect? Yeah, yeah it's like Wiley, Wiley Coyote. <laughs> Ouch, glass. Shrink, covered in cuts. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Chris, you want to go second? Sure. My compliment is Buzz Aldrin in general, who is a real-life American hero, appeared in this movie denouncing yeah. the entire idea of why we landed on the moon and instead saying it was about fighting robots. Yep. And normally that would fill me with rage and dread that somebody who is actually amazing decided to be in a fucking awful movie like this. But I think mm-hmm. I'm going to choose today to see it as humility and <laughs> as charity for this work. I bet he worked even pro bono. So there you go. You think he worked pro bono? Look, regardless of your feelings about the fact that he appeared in the film, I don't think that anybody has the right to give Buzz Aldrin any crap for anything no. he ever does. Dude just turned 90 and he just punched a guy in the face for saying we didn't land yes. on the moon. <laughs> he went to the fucking moon and doesn't matter what he does, he is better than everybody else on the planet. <laughs> they also... Chris, are you on the highway right now? Yeah, sorry. Hang on. Just changing lanes. <laughs> <laughs> also, I believe they had Obama for five or six frames. Uh, that was fake himself. Obama. No, Are you sure it was fake Obama? Yeah, definitely was, not yes. actually Obama. Yeah. That was oh, fake okay. Obama, fake Kennedy, right. fake Nixon. I mean, they just got random dudes who kind of maybe looked like them. But they had real Bill O'Reilly. And they really did blow up the Lincoln Memorial, right? <laughs> That's gone now, right? <laughs> All right, so this is kind of a long compliment, but it's related to Chris's. So the opening of the movie was about uh, the Apollo 11 landing. Yeah. On the moon. And how it was actually the search for that spaceship, right? Yes. As, as mentioned in the summary, it was actually a cover-up for the spaceship that landed on the dark side of the moon. And uh, I'm not Buzz Aldrin. I'm not going to punch someone in the face. But I'm going to use this tactic anytime I have to deal with conspiracy theorists now where I'm going to out-conspiracy theory them. So if they were like, no, you didn't land on the moon. People didn't land on the moon. Like, no, not only was the moon landing real, it was a cover-up for giant robot aliens who had landed on it. <laughs> and then they won't know what to do. So if someone was like, oh, the Kennedy assassination, there had to have been more than one person. I'll be like, not only was it only one person, that person was a robot baby sent from Russia to take our oil supply. <laughs> Makes sense to me. How do you deal with that? Robot babies, called rabies for short. <laughs> oh, no, my dog has rabies. <laughs> oh, no. Kill that dog. <laughs> All right. Out crazy. All right, Andrew. You can't put it off any longer. What is your first compliment <laughs> to this movie? Well, I have to, to compliment Alan Tudyk for appearing yeah. in this film. <laughs> uh, because even though the movie's not a great film, Alan Tudyk is always worth watching no matter what he's in. And also, I need to give him props because his character may in fact be the most developed character <laughs> 
in the entire movie, maybe perhaps even in the entire Transformers film trilogy. It's very true. Has an accent and a backstory. (laughs) A backstory, uh, legitimate emotional conflict, and internal turmoil at one moment in the film. Um, So, bravo. I don't know who you're describing now. I don't actually... Dutch. uh... Oh, Dutch. Yeah. Really, the the godlike hacker who... Who is also a godlike shotgun wielder who also has a German yes. accent yes. and wears fantastic suit jackets. Yeah, I mean, he, he actually, at one point in the movie, has an ethical dilemma in which he has to choose whether or not to, uh, to take a certain uh, moral course of action or not. And uh, <laughs> he actually struggles with it and is like, oh no, I don't want to be the man I used to be. And in that moment, he was actually a, uh, a two-dimensional character rather than a one-dimensional character. So bravo, Alan Tudyk. Alright, let's get into it then. It's time for our uh, first game today, uh, the hate game. As always, today's game is called Hates Invaders. Uh, Ooh! And wow. Another great hate title uh, brought to you by Bill Cernansky. Submit your titles for our hate games on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash read and weep. Okay, so in any order now, just tell us top five or top few things that you hated about the movie, one at a time. What is something you really hated about this movie? It shouldn't be hard. I guess this is an attack on the, the fair and balanced nature of the storytelling. They said that the uh, Decepticons dreamt of tyranny. I mean, <laughs> it's not really telling the whole story there, is it? Yeah, clearly they dream of robot tyranny, because they're robots. So you have to put robot before everything that you describe of theirs. Uh, also, if it's actually true they're dreaming of tyranny, uh, you know, the Autobots are kind of dicks for crushing their dreams. Yeah. <laughs> tyranny and electric sheep, pretty sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Do, no, so does that mean the Autobots dream of freedom? I think so. What does that dream look like? And what does a dream of tyranny look like? Are you just defined? Yeah, you're just you're using some giant robot whip to whip a robot. Pick on the robot prefix, aren't you? And what's what you got to do? Otherwise, you don't know that they're not that it's robot related. Right. <laughs> you might think they were like they might have been like sheep. You know, you wouldn't. It's not true. I mean, I think it's that the whip is also a robot. Yeah. <laughs> and transforms from a whip to a robot and back to a whip. <laughs> You're saying I hate I hate the no, the sheer number of civilian casualties that go pretty much ignored. Needless civilian ca- casualties all the time. Yeah, there's like a great like chase scene on the freeway where the giant <laughs> robots are just like throwing cars off bridges and sma- like stepping on other cars to get other cars. Like there were squishy people in that car. Yeah, that was a family of four who had no intention of enslaving any robot race. They were just going bowling, and you squished them. All it's I want to do is get Derek to soccer practice. Yeah. You see the violin. <laughs> yep. Not any of that bullshit. You know, what's weird is for the Stepticons, right, dreaming of tyranny, I guess they also don't dream of, you know, logistics. Somebody's got to implement SAP because all they're doing is <laughs> killing their labor force. Like, you see, like, they yeah. take over Chicago, and it doesn't appear that they're doing anything besides going through and killing every human they find. That's yeah. not really the way to, like, hey, let's get all the slaves to build our shit. Like, yeah. Come on. Well, on the other hand, if everyone's dead in Chicago, I might finally make the uh, Second City team. So. <laughs> <laughs> might be time to try to break that barrier and get in there. You're secretly working with the Decepticons, and they've promised you a, a spot on the main stage show. That's it. <laughs> I was dreaming of fame and tyranny. <laughs> 
You're the Patrick Dempsey of the podcast. Yes, exactly. Someone has to pick sides. On the other hand, or on the other hand, Chris, the Autobots waited until almost the entirety of Chicago had been murdered yes, exactly. before step before revealing that they hadn't left Earth. They're like, all right, now that millions of people are dead, we'll we'll step in and stop this. Listen, all right, they got they landed in Florida and they had to drive to Chicago. <laughs> that is a shitty drive and the rest stops are terrible <laughs> why would a car need a rest stop it's not like it's gonna pee well I, this is unknown too because they're cars but they're also robot people okay one of the the the, <laughs> the 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 older guy has like robot beard hanging down from his robot face maybe he's got a robot tinkle we already know maybe. from transformers 2 that there are robot scrotums yeah, yeah, I guess he could have a swollen old robot prostate. Do we know that? Did you see Transformers 2? Anybody else? No, of course not. I, I did hear this happened. Yeah, there's this giant wrecking ball dude with uh, two wrecking cranes, and he transforms into a huge Devastator robot, and the two wrecking balls dangle right where his nuts would be. What? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Andrew's Comic with me. Comic relief robot balls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they should just put those on, on any movie that's not funny enough. Like Aaron Brockovich now has robot balls. <laughs> like you just like the way you, you dangle those truck nuts behind a truck to make it tougher. You you put it on Aaron Brockovich. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're called robot wrecking balls, Ed. <laughs> All right, other hates. Um, I I really hated how the first half of the film tried to uh, get the average American Joe to to relate to it. By delving into Shia LaBeouf's job hunting issues. <laughs> like, oh, unemployment's pretty high. Look, th- not even this guy can find a job. He has a, a medal, and he can't get a job. I'm like, really? He has a medal and terrible interviews. Yeah, I, yes. yeah, I was like, of course he's not getting a job. He's this wearing is jeans to an interview. Yeah. He's a dork. I don't want to hire that guy. I'm sorry. I don't care who you are. If you know Optimus Prime, you can get a job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I, at, at least you could be polisher of Optimus Prime's head. Right. I mean, there's got to be a job in there somewhere. I mean, I bet all he would have to do is ask, and he could get a great recommendation from the whole Transformers team. It'd be written in ones and zeros, though, so that's kind of tough. He was good at running and dodging explosions. I want to see Optimus Prime sit down at like a writing desk with a pencil and <laughs> giant like truck fingers and try to write a recommendation letter. Sam is the best human I have met on my time on Earth. He will provide you with everything you need. He is a hard worker. Retire print signature. (laughs) Proficient in Microsoft Office. (laughs) I also kind of felt the film went a bit overboard in its attempt to um, kind of add some subtext related to uh, 9-11 and... uh, the wars in the Middle East. I mean, the opening scene is the Transformers, this huge all-American fighting team, attacking just this nameless base somewhere the in the Middle East. Illegal nuclear site. Yep. Illegal yes. nuclear site. <laughs> it's like it's like they put a sign over it that says bad guys live here. <laughs> <laughs> right. Bad guy hideout. Meanwhile, Megatron is out in the desert Africa. wearing some sort of turban yeah. on his head. Yeah. I'm sorry, wait. <laughs> A robot turban? Yes. <laughs> he is yes. robot wearing a robot. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. here's something I hate about this movie. Uh, it made me feel sorry for Bill O'Reilly. 
When Bill O'Reilly came on to do his fake O'Reilly factor where he says, I think we don't need these aliens, I was like, I think you might be above this, Bill. And that's Bill. a weird feeling to have for, or, sorry, John, Bill. That's a weird <laughs> feeling to have for Bill O'Reilly. I mean, I thought it was pretty generous for him to like actually come on you know, as the bad guy. Like, who's going to come out against, like, you know, the superhero of any movie, you know? I guess that's true, yeah. he that's Maybe he didn't know. They were like, oh, no, you're, you're fighting for the, you know, you're fighting to get rid of aliens. He was like, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, anti-alien. These guys don't have papers. Get them out. <laughs> <laughs> I also felt like the reason I said John a second ago when I meant Bill was because I also feel bad that John Turturro and John Malkovich are both stooping to this movie. Two of your favorite Johns. Yeah. yeah. Two of your favorite Two of my Johns. Top five favorite Johns. Other, other three, go. Other three favorite Johns, uh, John Bon Jovi. Really? Really? Not in any order. Also, on, you're halfway there. John Goodman. Okay. Nice. And uh, Bathrooms nicknamed the John. Boom. Five. Five things. <laughs> Five John. I- I'm sure John Turturro and um, uh, John Malkovich felt so guilty about appearing in this film that they were crying all the way to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's when you guys said that Buzz, or when Chris said that Buzz did this for free, I was like, no, Buzz did this for a paycheck. No, Buzz did yeah. this for Buzz. <laughs> or for the craft services, because, I mean, <laughs> dude's got to eat. Yeah, I bet, the, I bet the food service on a Michael Bay movie is pretty solid. <laughs> Most of it does ex- explode. It's like jalapeno poppers. <laughs> <laughs> Gushers. <laughs> On dessert table. Yeah. A chocolate lava cake for dessert. Yeah, I was going to say molten chocolate cake. Yeah. <laughs> the rock candy. Yeah. And everybody is forced to eat in slow motion. <laughs> just yeah, just things. like tortilla chips. And I made myself so easy to love. All right, uh, so it's time for our main game today. Today we're going to play King of Bullshit Mountain. Mountain, 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 mountain. Here's how this game works. We'll start out. I'll be the King of Bullshit Mountain to begin. You guys will fire questions at me that I need to explain about this movie. If there's a question that I can't adequately explain, the person who asked it becomes the new King of Bullshit Mountain, and we start over again. Ready. 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 Engaged. All right, fire at me. What do you got from this movie? Chris, you want to start? How come everybody tumbles out the side of a building, getting cut up and dirty, and by the end, Rosie Huntington-Whitley still has every strand of hair in place, and her makeup isn't must at all, and she looks perhaps as hot as ever? Well, when the building tipped over, you notice how a lot of office furniture fell out? Yes. Yes. Well, also, all of the fixtures from the bathrooms fell out as well, so when they landed, there was a full makeup counter right next to her. So... (laughs) It wasn't that they weren't must, it was that she replaced them all very quickly, like a good hot girl would, before she gets caught. Okay, Alex, question. Yes. Guys going into uh, you know, Battlefield Chicago, why do they not bring more than one shot to Destroy Slam? Uh, clearly the missile launcher, as you noticed, uh, was played by a fat gentleman. <laughs> that guy was not going to be able to pack in more than one missile. Those are heavy missiles, and he is out of shape. Question, if you're fat, are you not also strong? Not necessarily. Take, for example, the Pillsbury Doughboy. Point. <laughs> you put anything heavy on him, squishes him like cake. What if you cook him first? Then he would be... I don't know. What's he made out of? Dough. Dough. Well, sure, what kind of dough? Did, did you get stumped? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ezra, you win. Ezra's the new king of bullshit mountain. New king! 
Okay, Ezra. Yes. The bad guys get like probably 20% of the way through beaming the planet over Cybertron in the climax, yes. and then it stops for a little while, leaving a fragment of planet, and then it starts over again from where it picked up, like after an hour of just sitting in space. Yeah. How did the planet stay together? Very simple. Uh, Decepticons use Download Manager, where you can pause a download and then resume it. <laughs> Very good. Question. Yes. How come when the this entire new planet of Cybertron is being teleported right next to Earth, it doesn't completely fuck up Earth's gravitational pull yeah. and just destroy the solar system? Yeah. Uh, because uh, other planet, hollow in the middle. <laughs> that's a lot of, that's a lot oh. of space there. <laughs> But it also doesn't start being pulled towards Earth by Earth's gravity? <laughs> uh, you think so, huh? <laughs> I think you stopped uh, it, think... <laughs> King of Bullshit Mountain. Throw it at me. <laughs> All right, Chris. Question. Uh, these are giant alien robots. Yes. Why do they wield swords? Because if you have to put a given amount of force on a large metal object, are you going to use a bullet which has a low mass? Or are you going to use a fucking energy sword? Exactly. Well, further question. Why do they also use bullets? <laughs> Those are explosive rounds, Ezra. They're a little bit different, and they have more kick. Okay, but, but if they are machines, why do they hold guns instead of just having guns as arms? It makes no sense. Because then you can swap out when you need ammo. And you'll can notice you swap that... swap out your arm? Are you not a robot? You notice that they alternate tactics, right? Optimus uses axes and swords when he needs to, and guns. Bumblebee is a little less versatile. He has one. He has an energy cannon on his arm. It just depends on how, what your given best style of combat is. All right, question. Point. The uh, the leader of the Decepticons uses his giant alien robot gun arm to shoot the statue of Abe Lincoln in the head. <laughs> Accomplishes nothing except insulting the Earth. What the fuck, Chris? Uh, you're actually wrong on two counts, Alex. First, he doesn't use a gun arm. He uses the shotgun, which he's chained to his back in a holster. Second, he doesn't blow up the monument. He just shoots out Abe Lincoln and calculated shot to just leave him with a chair. Because he's undergoing a lot of pain. He wants somewhere to sit. Well, I think what you just said, Chris, is important there. I think that's exactly what Booth's claim was also, was uh, Lincoln was in <laughs> he my seat. That chair. He just needed somewhere to rest. That's right. The president was in my seat. Clearly, my ticket says row two, seat B. That's what I do on planes now. Yeah. I smell a sequel. <laughs> Question. Yes. They're an army of giant alien robots. Yes. What are our little human slaves going to accomplish? Even a lot of them. What are little tiny squishy humans going to do to re rebuild this that the giant alien robots can't do? You know what, Alex? It's not so much about size or ability, but about numbers. When you need, you know, there are only so many Decepticons and Autobots out there, but there are six to seven billion humans. And together, there's a lot of spit polishing that they can accomplish, which that rusty planet clearly needed. So, there you go. Also, crocheting. There you go. Single needle weaving. Question. What's up? Question. Um, how come robots from outer space all have different accents? <laughs> You have to understand about the reflective hours of radio waves, Andrew. Um, okay. When they first land, they do that assimilation thing. So you saw the bad robot land, scan the nearest car-like thing that you could transform into, and then transform into that. As they're on their way down, they're actually picking up uh, satellite signals and radio waves that are bouncing around. And it's whichever ones they happen to do. So if you get in the wrong spot, 
you know, you sound like Mexican radio or, you know, whatever else. It really just depends on what the ionosphere is doing. Chris, you said if you're in the wrong spot, you end up speaking Spanish. Is that racist? <laughs> Michael Bay would agree with that, probably. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Chris. I'm going to have to disqualify you for racism. Andrew is the new king of Bullshit Mountain. Oh. <laughs> Andrew, when they're in Chicago yes. murdering people, the giant alien robots... <laughs> shoot people and those people are instantly vaporized yet when the robots get hit they bleed <laughs> what's up because they're robots and they have the special technology that prevents them from vaporizing Wait, got, if like, you can special invent special technology shields. why would you invent blood <laughs> it's not blood it's fuel <laughs> they operate off of energon <laughs> energon can be liquid it's a crystal <laughs> Liquid crystal? That's why are you helping I mean, him? <laughs> I'm just trying to understand it. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was just gasoline. I mean, they are trucks. Don't they need to fuel up somewhere? Uh, come on. You know, it's part of their disguise. Okay. Related to the truck theory, how come on some of them, when they transform from trucks back into giant alien robots, their wheels become rollerblades, and the other ones still prefer to walk? Because some robots have style and others don't. <laughs> is that something they assimilate from the radio waves? Yes, and it's also related to robot ranking as well. Oh. The higher up you are in Autobot ranks, the more cool stuff you get to do with your wheels. Question, Andrew. <laughs> Humans seem to be very surprised when it's a Decepticon trap to, to send the Autobots away. The name is Decepticon. It's like, like <laughs> don't trust me, bots. I mean, I don't really know why anyone would be surprised at this. Well, you know high school literacy rates are on the decline, so <laughs> it's not that much of a leap in logic. Point. All right, Andrew. They fly – these giant alien robots fly in mechanical spaceships. Isn't that like driving around in a car made out of your mother? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you got me. You got me there. Oh! <laughs> down. Here I go. <laughs> yeah. This ad was required, but not approved by Audible. From Hasbro, the company that brought you Transformers, comes a new movie by Michael Bay. Got a little surprise for you, son. No way! Is it a car? Better! It's a board game! What? Boggle? Are you alive? Awesome! In our darkest hour... Mr. President, we're under attack by an advanced civilization! Are those Jenga blocks? A hero will rise. Boggle! Come back! You'll never make it out alive! Michael Bay presents Boggle, the movie. Actually, you know what? Fuck this. I will not watch your stupid movie, Michael Bay. I'm going to read a book instead. I quit. Okay, Boggle. I'll get a free audiobook by going to audiblepodcast.com slash weep. Thanks for the advice. Boggle, there are too many Jenga blocks. We need backup. Monopoly Man? Do not pass go. Do not collect $200, bitch. 
So it's time for the last half of our compliment sandwich. We have uh, the final nice thing you'll ever have to say about Transformers 3, Dark of the Moon. As if we didn't have a phrase for that already that was Dark Side of the Moon. Anyway. <laughs> hey, I wonder if we started this movie and uh, The Wizard of Oz and Pink Floyd at the same time, if we'd be <laughs> bored three times as much. Yeah. Well, and then after that, you'd still have about two hours of Transformers left to watch. <laughs> God, it was long. All right, so we're going to go in reverse order for our minor compliment. Andrew, it's your turn. Last nice thing you want to say about it. I want to compliment Michael Bay on inventing a new form of slow motion. Uh, My favorite shot in the entire movie is in the uh, second half of the film during the big battle. There's a medium close-up shot of Rosie Huntington Whiteley in the middle of the road. She is standing still completely still (laughs) with this blank expression on her face looking completely dead and then there's this slow motion explosion going behind her as the camera slowly dollies to the right and yet she's doing nothing and I was sitting there and I thought that this one shot perfectly sums up Michael Bay ultra slow motion Ultra slow motion and this uh, lead female actress who is literally doing nothing <laughs> while explosions happen around her. Yeah. So this actually seems like an oversight because couldn't they have filmed this with her pantsless from the right. behind? I'm just saying. Well, she's filmed from the from the uh, from the shoulders up in that shot. So for all we know, she is pantsless. Oh, and in yeah. my head, she is. Yeah, I'm sure she's not happy in your head. <laughs> <laughs> she would love to get out of there if she can. <laughs> All right, awesome. That makes it my turn. Yeah, so so this is a compliment to us for coming up with the idea of watching the third movie in a series when I haven't seen the first two, nor have I read the comic book, nor have I watched any of the cartoons before. It's kind of awesome to be that clueless in a movie. Like, it's really fun where like the guy will say, like, I've already saved the world twice and I can't get a job. And I'm like, oh, I bet that is an allusion to the first two movies. I'm guessing he saved the world once in each of those movies. <laughs> and then I feel really smart because I feel like I've figured it out without having to sit through seven hours of Transformers. I like the idea that he's could have saved the world twice in the first movie and just you know, done nothing the it, second. And phoned movie. it in, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sequel, absolutely. And he still averages out though the once per movie, so yeah, yeah. that works out. I feel like that's sort of true with some movies, like where like in like the Star Wars, where the second movie, no one saves the world, ends on the downer. Yeah, yeah. The world didn't really get saved. Yeah, so you'd have to have you'd have to have doubled up in the first movie so that you have you know you can carry it over. Yeah, they really don't. I think they average less than one world saving per movie. Yeah, the, well, with Alderaan, I mean, clearly. Yeah, well, they really kind of screwed the pooch on gonna, Alderaan. I'm not going to count that one against them. Come on, they they weren't even defending it. Like they just let it go. They were a peaceful planet. They had no weapons. Come on. <laughs> uh, Chris, minor compliment. So I have uh, two compliments that I got to get in there. First is the 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 climax of this movie where Shia LaBeouf has to rescue his blonde girlfriend from Trump Tower where she's being held by Patrick Dempsey, which is pretty much the plot of Mario. He even jumps on top <laughs> of a big robot to kill the robot, which I just realized makes Tyrese Luigi in that situation. Uh, <laughs> on the plus side, the, the princess really was in that castle. I know, she was. Anyway. Um, <laughs> on the my, first try. Yeah, my other, <laughs> my other compliment is really just a big shout out to uh, my friend and, and friend of the show, Colin, who decided that I couldn't suffer through this alone, and we had an American macro brew before seeing this movie and uh, <laughs> suffered through it with me. Um, so 
Yeah, good work, Colin. Was one Budweiser enough to get you through this? Uh, no, it wasn't, but it's all we had time for. So <laughs> I, had a, I had a Bud Light and he had a Coors Light just to, you know. <laughs> you guys are watching the figure, huh? Heads. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll, I'll piggyback on that and finish this out. Uh, so, one, yes, thank you, my buddy Brian, for making sure I did not suffer through this alone and being someone I could turn to partway through and say, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. You know what? Now that you've both done it, I just feel like I ought to compliment myself for being able to hang it alone. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, Ezra, continue. Right, right. So, my, so my real compliment. Thank you, Michael Bay. I guess for uh, for making a movie in a way that you could be blind and it would still work. So, I mean, there's what? Yeah. So, <laughs> you you could still enjoy this movie uh, if you're blind. You could still follow the plot because at one point, you know, there's this like big glowing thing coming from this uh, building, and clearly this is you know the space bridge thing that's you know they're trying to stop. Oh yeah, space bridge. Sure, yeah. Right, space bridge. And one of the characters actually says, "There." The building with the dome. <laughs> Not the building that's glowing, it's clearly obvious. The building with the dome. So it's nice like, you know, gain a little more detail about you know the circumstance, the surroundings, sure. in case you happen to be blind and accidentally in a Michael Bay movie. <laughs> you won't enjoy a lot of it, but... Yeah, I, I see your point. They could have just pointed and said, there, the building yeah. with the space bridge coming out of it. <laughs> the place where we should clearly be. <laughs> that's being defended by giant alien robots. Yeah, that one. But the dome, I don't know if you know this, it's 16th century, very pretty. Yeah. Really nice dome work. Uh, also, let's let's stop by the Chicago Bean and take some pictures on the way, because that's still intact somehow. Let's go save that tower that is clearly on fire with teleportation. Uh, you'll recognize it for its stucco work. Uh, <laughs> turn of the century, I think, but very nice. Well, that is it for our show. That is the end of the show. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We will be back again next week. Where we're going to be reading the first book in the Hunger Games series by Suzanne Collins. Uh, one of the top requested books on readdistrict.com slash suggest. And also uh, ostensibly actually kind of good, depending on who you talk to. So we're gonna it's going to be a really interesting experiment. Somebody might like it. Yeah. We will be back here next week to talk about that. <laughs> we know that somebody's going to be Ezra, right? <laughs> it will not be me. So join us next week. If you have any feedback for us, let us know. Readdishweep.com slash contact. If you have a favorite third of things, a favorite third of a trilogy. Or I guess fourth or fifth, right? Yeah, or yeah. fourth or fifth. What, we'll go deep. What would be the most confusing thing to jump into in the middle? Let us know. Go to Facebook.com slash weep and uh, tell us about it. That'll be our discussion topic this week. I want to know about that. So do that thanks as always for being here chris and ezra yep yeah and thank you so much for being here andrew yeah thanks man oh no problem yeah it's lots of fun you were great uh take take a second uh do a full plug for yourself well i host a show called movie chatter which people can find over at www.randomchatter.com i recently uh took over our whole network and we're in the process of kind of rebranding and we're going to be uh, relaunching before the end of the year with, with kind of this whole new network focused around film and television discussion and, and criticism. Be on the lookout for that. Tell us more about Movie Chatter. Like what, 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 what sort of things do you do on Movie Chatter? We discuss pretty much all the big movies and also our policy is that we'll pretty much talk about anything. So anything we happen to see on DVD during the week, we'll talk about it. If we go to the theater and see like a foreign or independent film, we'll talk about that. We spend most of the show focusing on whatever the big major mainstream releases that week so our transformers episode should be up 
pretty soon. It'll be before this Probably comes out. Probably up three days right. ago. <laughs> and then we'll, I think we're getting ready to, to release our, our Harry Potter episode as well. Nice. And are you guys generally funny or smart or positive or negative or, or what? We, we do our best to be both critical and smart and also pretty funny and not take ourselves too seriously. I'd encourage uh, anybody listening to, to go to randomchatter.com and check out Movie Chatter. Feel free to uh, follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash writerandrew or facebook.com slash writerandrew, Google Plus, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm out there. On the Google Plus bandwagon, huh? Yeah. Nicely done. Yeah. Awesome. All right. That's it for our show. We'll talk to you guys next week uh, for Hunger Games. Goodbye. Boggle. Awesome. Awesome.